Hello, and welcome to another marvelous episode of Three Levels Deep. I'm Matt, and today I am joined by Santo. Salutations. And we've got some stuff we've been playing to talk about. A little bit of news. I've got some delayed news on Street Fighter VI. It's been a while since uh, we last recorded. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the release is right around the corner, so why not talk about it? Yeah. Uh, there's actually something that's not a game that we both saw. That's right. May maybe we should just talk about this quick. Yeah, so uh, we saw the Mario movie uh, yep. a few weeks ago. Um, uh, <laughs> I liked it a little bit more than I thought I was going to. I went into it pretty jaded. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's an inoffensive kids movie. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, the animation was really good in it. Oh, yeah. I liked beautiful. All, I liked all the little references that they had in the background, especially in like the, the quote-unquote real world. Yeah. Uh, there, there was a ton of little, like, old NES references and stuff like that that was, you know, kind of nice to look for. Yeah, like obviously you're gonna have a lot of references in a movie like this, like some mm -hmm. some that you might not even pick up on a first watch. You got to pay close attention to on a repeat viewing. Um, but yeah, no, it's just it was a fun kids movie. Um, I I I think you and I had one thing we weren't really a fan of, and that was the licensed soundtrack. Uh, it it just felt a little out. Some of their song choices felt kind of out of place. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> But, eh, whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it, it no. couldn't hold a candle to the original soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> like when Jack Black was, sorry, Bowser was on the piano. Yep. <laughs> Obviously, uh, he had uh, to get course, a song in there. Yeah, you get Jack Black in there, you gotta get him to do a song. Like, mm -hmm. I, I gotta, like, I, I feel like there was probably no plans for a song until Jack Black was cast as Bowser there. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> He, he, he did a pretty good job. Uh, of the voice actors that they got, he, he was probably the best one. Yeah. Um, like, like, Chris Pratt, not as not as bad as I was expecting. Like, mm -hmm. very, very early in the movie, you, you realize what they're going for. Yeah. Like, like they, they, they get out of the way real early in the movie, and then it's like, okay, no, this is, this is fine. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you have Charles Marnet doing a bunch of cameos. Yeah, still salty that he wasn't <laughs> just. It <laughs> wasn't just Mario. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Whatever. Uh, but yeah, no. There's a there's a reason it uh, it blew up in the box office. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even look at what it, how much it made. Oh, where is it up to now? Uh, as of now, it's made five hundred fifty two point six million in the U.S. and Canada, and. Seven hundred thirteen point eight million in other territories worldwide. Total one point two six billion. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, so there's definitely going to be a sequel. <laughs> yeah, they might not have said anything yet, but yeah, there, there's no way they're not going to cash in on that further. All right. I can't. I cannot wait for Waluigi on the big screen. Oh, who's going to voice him though? Uh, Charles Martinet. <laughs> like, okay, you know what? 
See, they need like celebrity like name recognition for all these, you know, big Mario characters. But for Waluigi, eh, just get just get Charles to do it. Yeah, just get him in there. <laughs> yeah, so uh that's you know, not the only Nintendo big Nintendo thing that has happened in the last month. Uh you've gotten your hands on Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, I've been putting a lot of time into that. In fact, while I talk about it, I'm just slowly going to check my Switch to see just how many <laughs> hours, hours I'm at yeah. exactly, because I don't even know. <laughs> Hopefully uh, it'll tell you. Uh, I, I, I've noticed when I've, like, wanted to check playtime on the, uh, like, Switch itself... For games that I've started recently, it won't actually tell me the yeah. hour count, which is a bit odd. Uh, so for me right now, it says 80 hours or more. Jeez. <laughs> I, 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 I don't even feel like it's been 80 hours, but yeah, I guess it has been. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got a similar thing with another game that I'll talk about later, where it's just like, oh god, I put that much time into this? That can't be right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, uh... This game is huge, and a, a lot of people have said it, but by comparison, Breath of the Wild is a tech demo. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it it just takes everything of Breath of the Wild and just expands on it so much. Um, you, you get... It scraps the, uh, the abilities you had in the first game, but replaces them with an even better set of abilities. Uh, and not only... Like... All the tra the trailers focused on more so the islands in the sky. Yeah, like everything we saw before launch, it just focused on those. Um, and I kind of thought leading up, oh well, maybe we'll get a little bit of underground as well because I mean, you get these islands lifting up out of the ground could open some caverns in the ground. Uh, yeah, no, you get an underground that spans the entirety of the map. Jeez, it's huge. So it, they effectively more than doubled the size of the game. And not only that, but <laughs> I, I gotta wonder if they saw Elden Ring's success. And because Elden Ring has all these like little mini dungeons and caves like all over the map. All over the surface map, there's all these little caves you can explore. Hmm. Um, also, apparently the game was ready to go a year ago okay they spent a year on polishing the physics apparently that's and it definitely shows interesting <laughs> um but yeah i i mean you need some uh pretty good physics when players are building the shit they're building <laughs> yep <laughs> um I mean, the, the... The banjo nuts and bolts comparisons have been made already. I'm just gonna make it again. Like it's ridiculous. It's so strange to me that this is the direction that they went in. Um, I like it. Uh, but even then, I haven't built anything crazy. Mm -hmm. I I've just made simple traversal vehicles. That's about it. Nothing. I haven't made any Geneva Convention breaking torture chambers or uh suborbital weapons platforms <laughs> that other people have been making it's it's ridiculous you give you give people a tool like this and you can see how creative people can get with what they're given 
Yeah, just like, you know. It's... From what I've seen of the game, because of just, like, the nature of what people are going to be posting from this game, it doesn't look like a Zelda game at all. No. <laughs> just, it's um, just, like, all, everything everybody's posting are just these insane contraptions that they're using to do really stupid things. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh... It's definitely its own, it, like, Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, they're, like, they're, they're their own Zelda, like, because, like, not, there's nothing wrong with, like, a game changing up its style every now and then, but I, I wouldn't mind at some point if we went back to a more traditional Zelda experience. I think if we're, if that's gonna happen, they might do it in 2D. Yeah, like like a, like a Link Between Worlds kind of situation. Because I, I feel like it's kind of hard to follow up this in terms of a big 3D Zelda when you've given players so much creative control. Yeah, like I, I'm not entirely sure what they would do from here in terms of big 3D Zelda games. Like, if, if, it's, if it's now like, okay, Zelda's an open-world game, deal with it. Like, <laughs> going forward or not. Like, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what they yeah. do. Yeah. And actually, speaking of the open world, uh, it's it's much better than Breath of the Wilds. It feels more alive. That, yeah. that was one big problem with Breath of the Wild, is it felt pretty empty. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom actually feels a lot more alive. You you run into, like, uh, NPCs more often, more groups of enemies. There's more, um, bo like, mini-boss enemies scattered throughout, like, including, like, new types. Uh, like every enemy, I, I think like almost every enemy type, uh, except for the, the guardian enemy types from Breath of the Wild are, uh, are still present, but they're replaced by stuff that there is an enemy type that is the most horrifying non-horror game enemy I have ever encountered. I mean, Zelda's I, got a good <laughs> track record with that. I like couldn't play ocarina of time as soon as redad's got involved yeah no like uh it took me a while before i was able to go through the forest temple like the first one you get to go to as as adult link because the atmosphere of that and like the song that played just freaked me out as a kid mm -hmm. um but yeah this enemy type it's horrifying i've only defeated one because i had to <laughs> uh but it's basically just this pile of like blackish reddish goo called it's 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 uh it's actually you can actually see just normal piles of this stuff throughout the game it's called gloom and basically what uh, if you stand in it you actually uh it depletes your max total health mm. um until good. you until you get like back to the surface or use i think uh i think there's an item that you can use to kind of just restore those hearts but it'll actually deplete your total health and uh it's just it's a monster that's made up of this stuff that's just it's it's a puddle on the ground with like four or five just like arms coming out of it each with like an eye in its palm <laughs> it's faster than you they grab you drain your health it's terrifying. <laughs> mm -hmm. And anytime I see one, I just start running. 
Now that, now that I think about it, actually, Zelda's had a, a few just, like, absolutely terrifying enemies. Like, oh, yeah. Like, like the Wall Masters in, the, uh, in like, the Forest Temple, or the uh, uh, Like Likes in uh, Link's Awakening that eat you and eat your shield. Actually, just this like, is, uh, for the first time in a while, Like Likes are actually back. Actually, is this? No, Like Likes were in Ocarina. This might be the first time yeah, in a while they, Like they Likes were a lot easier in Ocarina. <laughs> yeah. This is the first time in a while they've been in a, a 3D Zelda game, I want to say. Hmm. Um, yeah, th- th- this game, it's just, it it's so big. There's so much you can do. Uh, and actually, uh, dungeons are actually, there's actually dungeons, which is something that I felt was missing from Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, it had the Divine Beasts, which were kind of the dove, dun, ah, the dungeon substitute, but I, I don't know, I didn't really care. F- I mean, they were okay, but, like, I it they made me miss dungeons, and even then, in Tears of the Kingdom, the dungeons are pretty dumbed down for a Zelda dungeon, but I think I still like them better than the Divine Beasts. Okay. Um, but the, the game's, it, it's more about the open world and, and everything, so... Um, yeah, the dungeons are pretty short, but I, I think I've done three out of four of them so far. Four, and that's that's such a wrong number. Yeah. <laughs> I've done three out of four of them, and I'm like over 80 hours of game time. <laughs> just, just, I mean, like the first thing, one of the first things I try to do is uncover the uh, overworld map. So I just right. go to all, I go to all your uh, Ubisoft sync towers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, like, I recently got so sidetracked by just completely uncovering the, uh, map of the depths. And, like, I've noticed, uh, I'm at a point now where the, like, as you progress, there's, like, a, there's, like, a hidden level kind of thing. Um, where I think it's based on how many monsters you've defeated. Okay. And so the more you defeat, the more the more powerful variants of them start popping up. So I'm Mm. at a point where I'm starting to see a lot more of the powerful variants, which comes in handy because something else I haven't talked about yet, yet is the weapon fusing. Right. And monsters drop good parts for that. And the more powerful they are, the more powerful the uh, part is. And like, there's just some, it, it 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 doesn't get as crazy as I was hoping. You Aww. can only attach one thing to another. You can't like attach uh, attach multiple things. Uh, but it does the job. And I even I even found something which probably my favorite thing to fuse in. Um, if I fuse it to a weapon, it starts. Uh, I get life drain on enemies, and I start healing off of the damage I do. <laughs> nice. The game's so massive, so many tools to work with, and, like, so, your, your starting tools you get, you get the Ultra Hand, which is the tool you use for combining objects together, or also just, like, moving around, picking up and moving around any of the physics objects, which is basically the replacement of Magnesis from Breath of the Wild, which, it's just better in every way, because all you could do with Magnesis was move uh, metallic objects. This just allows you to pick up any physics objects and combine them. Um, And then you've got Fuse, which is 
to fuse weapons together or fuse stuff to your shield. Um, like you can, my, my favorite thing to have on reserve is just a rocket fused to my shield. So okay. if I find myself in an undesirable situation, I just switch to that shield quick and then I just blast up and out of there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's, that's a, that's a pro strat right there. Um, but yeah, you can, you can strap like a bunch of stuff to the shield. Like I think if you strap any kind of rock, you can then just kind of start bashing stuff with it. <laughs> um, or like use it to like bash the like little ore deposits that you would use to just gather some resources. Um, I've also seen, I haven't tried it myself, but I've seen, uh, explosives strapped to it. So an enemy hits it and then they just explode. <laughs> um, actually that that's something i saw that i don't think the person thought through i saw a clip of someone attaching an explosive barrel to a boomerang oh no <laughs> <laughs> uh and, yeah and they missed their target and then they missed the catch prompt <laughs> oh boy <laughs> uh but yeah, like even even with the limitation of only being able to fuse two items together, you can still do some pretty crazy stuff. And honestly, it kind of even though there's still durability, which was a problem for me in Breath of the Wild, this pretty much solves any problems I had with durability because it just allows you to be creative and just see, oh, what can I make with what I got? Mm -hmm. That's cool, man. Um, so for other abilities, you've also got ascend. Which basically, apparently this started out as a dev tool that they just ended up putting in. Oh, that's the best. So if there's a platform above you with a certain height, uh, you can just, you'll just uh, shoot up through the platform and you'll just ascend to the, whatever's, uh, like whatever the surface is of that object at the very top. And the last ability is Rewind, mm -hmm. which basically allows you to rewind any physics object that's ridiculous that's ridiculous yeah so uh like an, an early example they use is there's like this big metal spiky ball that's like rolling down a hill at you in the trailer and they just use rewind and it just goes back up <laughs> and like there's some enemies running after it to get to get you in case it misses and then it just hits them on the way back up nice uh, but you can also, you, you can, uh, if you need to be at an elevation or something, you can just take an object that you'd be able to ascend through and you can just use a uh, ultra hand to just hold it up in the air. Just hold it in the air for like, uh, 15 seconds or so. Let go of it. It'll fall back down. Use rewind. So that it'll just shoot up there, and it'll just stay up there for 15 seconds before it comes back down as it's rewinding. And then you could just ascend through it and just get some height. <laughs> yeah, so that's... <laughs> that's an interesting way to traverse the world. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's definitely not lacking in traversal methods. My, I mean, my go-to, it's, it's a very simple contraption that pretty much everyone's using it's just two fans attached to a steering column one at the front one at the back each at like a 45 degree angle and you just get a little hover bike out of it 
Um, uh, of course, uh, these contraptions you create are, they're limited by how much battery capacity you have. Mm-hmm. Now, there there are uh, battery objects you can attach to them to power them, but you've also got this little battery pack thing on your, on a Link's uh, belt. So that's where you want to, you want to farm the underground, the depths for that, because there's ore deposits down there, which you use to increase your battery capacity and then obviously increasing your battery capacity makes these contraptions run longer and just more useful i guess one last thing i want to say is those floating islands they sure did the obvious thing in making you think there's some kind of connection to skyward sword here (laughs) there's not oh yeah it's its own thing like there's the floating islands have no connection to skyward sword so it's just its own... It's, it's its own thing. Probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and that's another thing. I, I mean, I'm not going to talk really talk about the story, but uh, I've been enjoying what little bit of it is. It kind of does the uh, same thing where the main story... Because in Breath of the Wild, there would be these certain spots uh, that you would have pictures of, and you needed to locate them. Right. And if you located them, you would Link would regain some of his memories because uh, he starts without any memories because he's been he's been in the Shrine of Resurrection for a hundred years. Another video game (laughs) protagonist struck by amnesia. When will it end? But in this case, you're gathering um, memories that fill you in on the story. And, like, there, there's a good reason for them kind of just being scattered and having to find them, which I'm not really going to talk about. Okay. Uh, but I guess uh, the other thing I want to talk about, which I touched on a little bit um, last time, but now that i finished it, is uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake. Right. Um, How did yeah, it no, find you? Fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, like I still haven't played the original, but like just on even without that, like just great game. But like I've heard from from fans of the original that this is also a fantastic game. They they're both they're both worthy of existing. <laughs> um, but yeah, to touch on some things for remake, uh, they uh, there's no QTs. Wow. Um, but you kind of, you kind of get a replacement for QTEs in that the knife has a parry mechanic now. Ah, there we go. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, QTEs you can parry. the prompt. Yep. Um, uh, and, uh, to kind of balance this out, the knife actually has durability. Okay. So you have to repair it at the merchant or there are more inferior knives like just kitchen knives that you can pick up and those don't last as long but obviously because of this the first thing you're upgrading on the knife the first thing anyone's upgrading on the knife i'm pretty sure is the durability (laughs) (laughs) yeah um nobody likes weapon durability (laughs) Uh, especially when you can parry with it and becomes very handy yeah um so the uh, the merchant's shooting range has been uh, re- revamped, and 
So it rewards you with tokens for a gotcha machine. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> and the the rewards you get from the gotcha machine are are little uh, keychain or like little charms that you attach to the attache case. Um, but these uh, these charms they use the models that like the models of the characters from the original RE4. Oh wow! Uh, and they have uh, they have different effects. Um, like the, like, I think I have, I have the Ashley charm, which, uh, actually makes just a green herb on its own without combining it with anything, heal 50% more. Uh, I also have the Ada charm, which makes body armor repairs cost 30% less. Okay, so you're just doing survivability. Yeah, those are the, those are the big ones I've been rolling with. Um, uh, another feature it added which for me is I have not used this feature at all because I find it to be kind of pointless. I can, I can see how some people would want to use it because it does kind of take up time, but they added an auto sort to the attache case. Oh, (laughs) I I did manual sorting the whole game. I'm not using that auto sort. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the game also has a more, serious tone than the original because in the original you'd get leon dropping one-liners like all over the place oh really um there are still there's still some one-liners here and there but i think most of them have been relegated to the names of achievements or in-game challenges um so yeah it's it it's a more serious tone and it deals more with uh well not really doesn't really deal with it too much but like you can see here that leon's definitely dealing with survivor's guilt after the events of raccoon city Mm. um so they just they actually make they they flush out the characters a little more with this um and uh as for ashley i mean some people have still had like the big problem with ashley from the original to my understanding is people did not like her ai right (laughs) Um, some people have still had problems with her AI in 4 Remake. I didn't really have any. Um, so, so I didn't have any real issue with her. And I, to my understanding, they also made her into a much better character as well. Mm. Um, and probably my favorite thing about RE4 Remake is how they date the game. Yeah. By just having a pink Motorola Razor interactable object you can find. (laughs) Nice. <laughs> Just to remind you, this game takes place in 2004. Simpler time. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that, that's something that's a little funny to me, is that for how much everybody maligns escort missions, to have RE4 be like a really large escort mission, kind of... And also be considered one of the greatest games of all time. It's like, <laughs> what's going on here? Why? Yeah. Why is it so good? Like, why? Why do people love this game so much? But you know, generally, not like those kind of missions in other games. What does this game do differently than other games? Yeah, in that respect. Uh, and actually, one thing that I I, I kind of got wrong last time I was talking about it. Uh, so in the original, Ashley has health. She okay. ha- she has her own health. But in Remake, um, she does still kind of have health, but it's more so she gets hit once, she goes down, she gets hit again, uh, it's game over. Um, right. Or if she gets picked up and carried far enough away from Leon, also game over. 
Mm-hmm. But I never, I mean, there were a couple, there, there was one, there's only really one instance I can think of where um, I had a bit of trouble. And it's mostly because there was a gap between us that like I couldn't get across ah, okay. uh, and a bunch of enemies. So it's kind of like, yeah, I had a bit of trouble there, but yeah, nothing that like aggravated me about her her ai or anything like that so but yeah no uh fantastic i'm looking forward to playing for original at some point uh that way i can uh, make my own actually my own comparisons mm-hmm. between the two cool cool and then so aside from that i guess there's only really one other thing i've been playing and it's actually up on the channel yes uh <sighs> i've been playing cursed halo again uh, a mod by Inferno Plus. Uh, now this is a an enhanced version of the original mod from 2019. Um, but this one actually comes with Steam Workshop support, so you can just easily install it if you have Master Chief Collection on Steam. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, cool. All you have all you have to do is boot up the game with uh, with the anti cheat disabled, so you can run the mod. Uh, and that has been a wild ride. Uh, um, yeah, especially the latest episode that went off. That was very a very wild ride <laughs> indeed. Uh. Um, it's also gotten kind of cursed on a recording side of things. Yeah. Uh, Not one, I but had, two different uh, yeah, I had, recordings. Yep. The first time I recorded 343 Guilty Spark, I got to the end and realized I forgot to hit record. Uh, so I went back and re-recorded that along with the next level. Um, and then yesterday I went to record. I played two more levels because I've only got three levels left to go to go through. So I recorded two of those last three and no game audio in the recording. Yeah, that's rough, man. Like So, so I, I was trying to do two episodes a week, but I might just take a break for a couple weeks here. Because after that mishap, I was just like, "Oh, yeah, it's it's so frustrating, frustrating to lose a recording." If, if anybody's been following the channel, you've noticed that our XCOM uh, Chimera Squad Let's Play is kind of on hold. Uh, that's because we recorded for three and a half hours and lost that recording. So, me and Alex were quite uh, unhappy about that, and then you know had personal busy issues so yeah we'll get back to that eventually i'm sure but yeah that sucks yeah i'll i'll try to make it a a, a short break and get back with a cursed halo though just since since it is just a solo let's play it's a lot easier to just kind of record when i can but yeah having to replay those two levels it's kind of just like even though i'm only playing on normal it's just like uh yeah like even on normal, like just the nature of that game is far more difficult than normal. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but I, honestly, I don't even think it was a very good recording. Anyways, I had just come back from the dentist. Oh dear. Okay. So my jaw was a little sore. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the cur- cursed Halo will return again. <laughs> <laughs> again and again and again. Nice. All right. So I have been uh, playing two games pretty much for the last since we last recorded 
Uh, the first being I've continued playing Line Monster Farm, which is the uh, Japanese-only Monster Rancher mobile game. Uh, so that game is kind of like a roguelike. If you yeah, that that's interesting. Well, I mean, it, <laughs> it's it's a stretch definition of roguelike, yeah. but everything's using the stretch definition of roguelike, so whatever. Yeah, because like it... you're you're basically doing runs with these monsters, going through this same like route basically, where these all these different tournaments on these different weeks, you've got like forty or so weeks uh, from the start of the run to the end of the run until you fight like the end boss. And there's randomness in what uh, enemies you fight during these tournaments. And the focus of the game is, you know, just like taking monsters on runs, seeing how well you do, and then, you know, either doing just the same monster on the run again to see if you can do better or switching up with different monsters. So it's a weird, it's a bit of an interesting structure that for what the game's based on, you know, Monster Rancher, it actually does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, and I've been enjoying it mostly. The RNG is starting to uh, grate on me a little bit because there are some, like, obviously, you know, different enemies that you fight. There's going to be different matchups kind of, kind of stuff where, oh, I've got a very speedy monster, but I got matched up against a monster with really good accuracy. So my greatest uh, strength isn't going to help me here. I'm probably just going to get rolled. But there's a couple monsters that have way too much speed for the time in which you fight them during the run. And it's all all the attacks, whether they hit or not, is just like, you know, a percentage chance based on your accuracy versus their speed. So, like, I had a run that was going really, really well up until I came across an enemy that had a maxed out speed stat. So my my most accurate attack was like, 23% chance to hit. Oh, that's and it's just like, ah, oh, no. Yeah, that seems <laughs> a little unbalanced. Yeah, and I and I had like kind of average accuracy by that point. I wasn't specializing it, but I wasn't neglecting it either. So and it was just like, well, that, that, that kind of sucks. You do get um three retry uh yeah, three retries of for tournaments throughout the run. Uh, but at that point I'd already used all my retries, so I just kind of had to deal with it. I was like, ah, oh, damn it. And the retries are all, also against the same opponent, so you can't just re-roll and get a new opponent, which oh. can, 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 can be kind of frustrating. So yeah, it's it takes a lot of luck to get like the perfect run. I haven't gotten one yet, but it's interesting enough to keep playing. And I've so far I've been getting fairly lucky with the gotcha stuff. I've been getting a lot of uh, good monsters that I like, which is nice. I do feel like the game isn't very generous, though. Like, some mobile games are far more generous than others with the gotcha stuff, where this one doesn't dole out a lot of resources for getting new monsters very quickly. <laughs> so, it's a bit of a frustration there. But one thing that I will say that is sort of nice about the game is that um any the monsters you get you get them between like one and three stars and they can go up to a maximum of five stars and any monster can make it to a maximum of five stars so uh even the lower rarity monsters can in theory get up to the same power level as like 
the highest rarity of monsters. Uh, oh, because, you, uh, because you can upgrade them. There's a couple things that I, mechanics that I won't go into that makes that not actually true, but it's still nice to see that like one of my favorite monsters in any of the Monster Ranch games is unfortunately like a one star monster in this. So oh. they're not they're not very good. But if I put in a ton of resources into them, they can be like uh, really good. Because, like, the star rating determines what their starting stats are and uh, a couple of abilities that they're able to get. So, do your monsters in this still have a lifespan? So, that's, like, the 40, like, week thing that I said where you get, like, 40, like, time units of time during a run. Uh, Your monsters don't die at the end of that. They become... uh, When you start a run, you're basically selecting a template, kind of. Where uh, the monsters that you summon, you can use as once you summon a monster, you can use that monster as many r- runs as you want. Uh, okay. And then the monsters from previous runs that you've created, you use two of them to like infuse uh, your new monster that you're trying starting to raise with like stats and abilities. Uh, so like part part of the uh, game is trying to raise like really good parent monsters so that you can make even stronger child monsters to have a head start on the runs so that's kind of that's kind of nice I, I suppose um and like i've got a pretty good set of monsters at this point but i, I i've run the numbers a little bit and i've gotten lucky <laughs> oh. in, 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 in getting a, a lot of like the base three star monsters or whatever so it's I'm not entirely sure if it's going to keep its momentum up if I'm going to be playing this for, like, too much longer. Uh, we'll see. Because it's it's a bit grindy, and runs take a long time. Like, they can take an hour, which oh, for that... a mobile game is quite a, lo- is quite a long time. Yeah, that that's a big commitment for a mobile game. Yeah, if you're, like, really, like... If you're really taking your time with it and fighting in a lot of tournaments, it can, it can take a while. Uh, also, uh, the other frustration—well, not frustration, I guess—like it's just how how it is. But the other, you know, barrier to this is that it isn't only in Japanese. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a big barrier. <laughs> like I had to install a third-party app store to even install it on my phone and the Android emulator that I'm using. Uh, luckily, I, I have a, like a screen translation tool so that I can like like put a little box over uh, some Japanese text and it'll translate it. The tool's not very good, but <laughs> I've mostly gone to the point where I, I, I know like what all the buttons do. and It's enough to get the point across. Yeah, and like I've, start, I've started to like learn a little, a little bit of like some kanji characters. Like, okay, this means, this means volcano. I know, I know what that means. So when that shows up, I know that's like my monster's affinity when it's fighting in the volcano region or whatever. Or like this, I, I now know the Japanese character for mid, because <laughs> there's because there's like mid range and mid game, like abilities. So like I'm like okay now I know. Uh, so that that's you know been interesting. Um, I don't necessarily think I'd recommend it because <laughs> of the hurdles yeah. you have to jump across. But hey, yeah, like Monster uh, Hunter. Die hard Monster Hunter fan hurdles. Monster Rancher fans, <laughs> not Monster Hunter fans. Or Monster Rancher. Yeah. 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 Uh, 
Man, where's that crossover? You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. Actually, I guess that's kind of Monster Hunter stories. Yeah. Because it's a a Monster Hunter RPG where where it's kind of like Pokemon in that you catch and raise the the monsters. Mm -hmm. So where's the... Where's the uh, Monster Rancher game where you hunt them? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, no, nah, the, the Monster Rancher spinoff games are card games and a weird pogo stick game. Don't ask. Uh, <laughs> no, I am explicitly going to ask. I haven't, I haven't actually played it. It's called Monster <laughs> Rancher Hopabout. And it's, it might be like a puzzle game where you're like hopping across. I, I don't know. I haven't actually seen it at all either. But, you just know of his, its existence. Yeah, that's whatever. You, you might see a video of a first reaction on the channel sometime. I don't know. <laughs> I'll get around to it. Uh, one uh, kind of unfortunate thing about this, though, is that even if this game does get released in English, I'm not convinced that my progress would be able to like go to the whatever English version they end up releasing. Because I've, yeah. I've seen this before where... Uh, mobile games that originally launch in Japan or China and get a global version later uh, tend to be uh, behind in content as you know as content really gets created for the you know uh, original versions of the game like there's a you know stretch of maybe like six months to maybe even a year for that stuff to be incorporated into the global version of the game as they you know wait for it to get translated and whatever yeah, so, so uh, if it does, it's obviously not going to be up to date. Yeah, and I really don't want to or, start start again because this yeah. game is very grindy. <laughs> or at least the odds of it being up to date are very low anyways. The odds of it being released here are extremely small. Extreme, like, yeah. Like, uh, I, I would not I, expect I, it. I'm even surprised that uh, Monster Hunter won it. Er, I keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm surprised that Monster Rancher 1 and 2 collection even got... A release yeah it's i don't know man i don't know what's going on over there but uh so other than that the game that i've been spending a very large amount of time in which shocked me like i looked at my steam count and i'm almost 50 hours into this game which is like oh i start playing this like a week and a half ago what's going on here this doesn't <laughs> seem right is uh marvel's midnight suns uh because the the final dlc uh for the game got released on like the 11th of this month and i was waiting for all the dlc to be released which i'm glad i did uh for a reason i'll get into later uh so i guess i'll start off by saying this is one of the strangest games i've played in a very long time even really even putting aside the fact that doctor strange is in it this is still a very strange (laughs) game uh which i'll get to that point in why it's so strange in a little bit but I'll start by saying like what the gameplay of the game actually is. Uh, it's a it's a card PG. It's a card based game, which surprised me. I didn't know that this that's what this game was for a while after it released. Uh, I thought it was a tactics game. <laughs> it is it is a tactics game, but okay. it's card based. But there's a card mechanic too. Okay. Yeah, so you you know draw a hand of like five cards or whatever every turn, and then you you're able to play three cards per turn, uh, and there's three different types of cards, attack cards, skill cards, and heroic cards. Attack and skill cards uh, generate a resource called heroism, which you can use to 
do on the heroic cards, which are generally like stronger, bigger effects. Uh, certain attacks will have this mechanic called Quick, which refunds card plays if you use that uh, card to KO an enemy. So you can you can end up sp spending more than three cards per turn if you're like managing your cards correctly. There's also uh, some of the enemies are referred to as minions, which are just like one hit will kill them no matter what. Doesn't matter what card you use, as long as they they take some amount of damage, they'll they'll go away. So you know, you use your quick cards on those guys, and you can really like cut away a lot of the enemies. Uh, one of the big focuses of the gameplay, though, is there's a focus on uh, the environment. This is kind of like why it's not just like a card game, which this is what kind of makes it into a tactics game, where a lot of uh, a lot of cards will reposition enemies, reposition your heroes. There's uh, environmental pieces scattered around that you can use to like chuck a rock at somebody or pull down a telephone pole. Uh, various hazards like you can also like knock people off off uh buildings and stuff like that or into like giant pits and that'll be an instant kill though that's a percentage chance if that even works uh and the environmental atta attacks uh that you can use they don't actually use up card plays they use up heroism so that's another way for you to get more actions per turn using these using this environment stuff to knock people around and like some of your attacks literally like one of my favorite attacks for the main character is called whip where you just take take an enemy and you just launch them in a direction <laughs> any direction you want and and so you can like put okay there's an explosive barrel over there i can chuck them into that and i'll explode <laughs> and like damage enemies around there i can throw them into just another enemy that'll do damage or i can throw them into one of my allies which at the start your ally will take damage if you do that but you can but eventually you get an upgrade where if you throw an enemy into an ally, the ally won't take damage and the enemy will take bonus damage. So hmm. so there's a lot of like emphasis on you know positioning. So that's what makes this like a, a tactics game. What, this is what makes sense that Firaxis made this game, basically. Uh, you start off with two difficulty options, story mode and normal mode. There are eight difficulty options total. Which is a lot. <laughs> so you only start with a quarter of them. <laughs> yeah. So the other ones unlock as you do well on missions, like incrementally, and each one just like makes enemies like like have a little bit more health, a little bit more damage, and eventually there'll be additional enemy reinforcements and a limit on the number of times you can revive your characters during an encounter. Uh, right now I'm playing on the second highest difficulty because the highest makes that limit zero. <laughs> And, oh. <laughs> and the game's getting pretty tough so far. Uh, so I, I'd have to play like... I'd have to play very, very like well to play on the highest difficulty. And also I think I'd have to play with a certain certain heroes that uh, have like self-healing and stuff like that to actually succeed there. Uh, playing on the harder difficulties gives you more currency for cosmetics and more experience for your heroes. But the hero experience doesn't really make sense because enemies scale to your level. So why do I care that I'm getting additional experience? That doesn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. Well, really... Why level up then? Yeah, it's just like you're just leveling up to see numbers go up, basically. you're 
So you don't unlock anything by raising your character's levels. There's literally... There's one thing that unlocks, which is like... Um, like, side missions that you can send uh, heroes on. They're just like, you know, they're unavailable for a day and they go do this mission. But those are very limited and there has been like zero issues with me re ha having the required levels for those. So it doesn't really make sense. I haven't clocked with how enemies scale versus the heroes to see like, you know, leveling up benefits one or the other. Uh, like it, there's, there's some games where enemies scale to your level where it's actually like beneficial for you to not level up because the enemies scale better than you. Uh, yeah. Like I, I think, uh, Oblivion actually kind of does this where if you don't level up, the enemies don't either. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, all your heroes auto level, uh, to be at least three or four levels below the main character's level. So you're not like, if you neglect playing certain heroes, like they're, they're still going to be at use a usable level. Uh, for when you do missions because when you do missions there's at least one hero you sometimes two that are required for the mission uh like story missions sometimes like dictate your entire party but there's also just general missions that you do where one one hero is required and then you bring on two more so who is the main character then is it just like a creative character yes the main character okay. is called the hunter uh, they get around any like awkwardness with voice acting by saying that this is the character's given name, like they don't have any okay. other name than the hunter. <laughs> so, but not to be confused with Craven the Hunter. No, they do. They do make a reference to that. <laughs> Sp <laughs> Spider Man makes a reference to Craven at some point. Uh, so, yeah, it's a creative character. Uh, you can choose their their body type. Not choose their gender, choose their body type, which is a nice, nice little piece of inclusive language that they use there. Yeah, uh, you're seeing it a lot more now. Yeah. Uh, so there's not necessarily a morality... Well, I guess it's a morality mechanic where you're, the hunter can either be uh, light or dark. Uh, and they get light points and dark points based on conversation options when they're talking to other heroes as well as um, what kind of attacks they use in battle, where there will be light attacks and dark attacks. Light attacks are mostly like support and healing. Dark attacks are like making enemies fight each other and using, like getting, getting penalties on the hunter to do additional damage and stuff like that. I'm trying to go full dark because I think it's more interesting, but it's been a challenge because I've really needed the healing abilities in my deck <laughs> to uh, not just lose. Yeah, so, that'll that'll do it. <laughs> so I, I, I'd probably be full dark right now if I played all, a lower difficulty level and didn't absolutely require the healing abilities. But I'm, I'm getting there. I'm like a little over, over halfway dark. And because the main characters, you know, the main character, they have a lot more skill. They have a lot more cards available to them for and are pretty pretty much a generalist so they're pretty good i'd say the personality is fine i guess um it's, it's another case where you know it, it, it's funny like it's been a while actually no it's not been a while like i don't remember the last game that i played that had like you know 
conversation options that were actually like fully voiced like you know the persona games you're you're a silent protagonist right like and i never played any of the mass effect games yeah and like not even then not every uh scene in like the persona games are voiced only particular ones yeah so so it it, it says we're like when you're picking like very like disparate uh conversation options in something like a persona like it's a lot easier to just like let it slide but with this having the protagonist be fully voice acted it's like okay sometimes they're like kind of nice or joking around sometimes when i pick like the dark options they're just like super cold and mean and stuff like that it's like my my character's personality is all over the place and it's very it's a lot more <laughs> noticeable because it's voiced very uh, schizophrenic <laughs> kind of yeah <laughs> I, I can the only thing like I can think of for a game with like dialogue choices that's fully voiced is yeah, Mass Effect. Like I I don't know if there's been anything since the last Mass Effect. I'm sure there has been, but nothing that comes to mind. Yeah. Oh, and you, you know how you were saying earlier that uh Link in Tears of the Kingdom was like stuck in the resurrection tube for like a hundred years or whatever? Yeah. Well, the hunter in this game was stuck in the resurrection too for three hundred years, and then wakes up, and then wakes up with some of her memories lost. <laughs> God damn it! God damn video games, man. Uh, so uh, my favorite other characters to use in the game because there's a fair there's a fair amount of uh, other characters to use. There's you know some of the Avengers, some of the X Men, some of some of the actual like Midnight Suns for like that comic series. Uh, but my favorite characters used so far are Blade. Blade's really good because he kind of because he's like he's very generalist and kind of self-sufficient. He's got uh, attacks that deal damage over time. He's got some multi-hit attacks or and some quick attacks, so he can deal with like a fair amount of enemies at once, or just like hack away at one guy and stronger guy make them take damage over turn over time. And now, he's got and he's got a big life steal nuke, which is nice. Is he modeled after Wesley Snipes? Uh, kinda, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they they make they make uh they make some pretty fun references uh about like there's one conversation that you can have with him where where he's talking about like if a movie was made about his life, and so there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of good jokes there. There's there's a lot of good writing in this game. I'll say that much. Um, like a lot of the characters have a, a lot of little jokes and quips and stuff like that. It's it feels very Marvel in that way i i gotta ask does blade say some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill there's no f-bombs in this game uh <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh there's one character gets close to saying an f-bomb at one point that's iron man who's my other favorite character to use um because he focuses on uh this re- uh mechanic of this game where you can redraw cards so you can discard a card from your hand to draw a different card but with a lot of Iron Man's abilities, when you redraw him, you don't draw a new card. You just you draw the same card, but uh, with a slightly more powerful version. Uh, he's also got uh, effects that draw additional Iron Man cards to your hand. And there's one attack that he has where he does like damage based on the number of Iron Man cards in your hand. So, so he's kind of, he kind of plays like a combo deck almost. <laughs> Where you're just like drawing more and more Iron Man cards and reusing them until you've just got this critical mass, and then you just like fire a bunch of repulsor blasts at enemies. So that's that's been super useful. Uh, some of the other characters 
are are useful, but I haven't really figured out uh, how to use them effectively yet. Some characters are, I just think are bad. I think Spider-Man is actually like really bad in this game because he focuses on the environmental attacks, but there's a limited oh, okay. number of those you can yeah. do in a round because like once you use them once they're gone. So like in longer like boss fights, like he his usefulness drops off really quickly. And speaking of Spider-Man, this game has really awkward voice acting because there's a lot of characters that are good. Like, like Iron Man's voice actor does a really good uh, Robert Downey Jr. impression. He's like, he's pretty close. Uh, but some characters, like, they don't... I think Doctor Strange doesn't sound quite right. And Spider-Man is actually the worst voice actor in the game. Not, oh, through, really? not through any fault of the voice actor. But this is a case of voice actor poison where I know the voice actor. So, like, I can't hear anything other than other characters that that, that, that uh, voice actor has voiced. Because it's Yuri Lowenthal. Oh well, he's a uh, Spider-Man in the uh, the Insomniac Spider-Man games. Yeah, well, I haven't played those. <laughs> I, I I really like him as but like yeah, I can't. I, can't, I just hear Yosuke. I, I can't hear I, anything but yeah. Yosuke when he talks. Yeah, no, so I hear it like, too. Ah. But but at the same time, I do think he makes a uh, a good uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, character. like he he. It makes sense for him to be Spider-Man, but I just can't get past it, man. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, the game has the same kind of flow as XCOM, where it's very easy to just keep playing and lose track of time, because it's got it's got a day night cycle where during the day is when you um, upgrade your units and go on missions, and then at the night time there's various activities like you can you know, hang out with the various heroes. Some of the heroes have formed clubs. So my favorite so far has been the book club, where it's Captain Marvel, Captain America, Blade, and Wolverine talking about books. <laughs> what? I, I, Wol- Wolverine talking about books? Like, like okay, <laughs> this is where I'm going to get into why I said this off. This is one of the strangest games I've played in a while, because, like, the tone of this game bounces really hard between end-of-the-world apocalyptic, horrible stuff... And, you know, kind of like chilling out with your with your uh, hero buddies and like irreverent kind of conversations and stuff like that. It's very odd. And uh, going further from that, not just in like that, but there. So I, I wouldn't say there's an open world in this game, but there's an open area in this game. Like you're not dealing with things through like a menu like XCOM you're running around third person this like kind of church abbey kind of place that's I mean the abbey itself is quite small but that's where all the heroes are but there's like the grounds of the of the place where which are they're not huge but there's a lot there for you to like wander around and explore and find stuff there's a bunch of like you know collectibles in the environment and stuff like that there's like respawning chests that respawn every every so often for you to get resources and cosmetics out of. Uh, and there's like kind of investigation aspects to it where uh, the game focuses a lot on like the occult. It has a lot to do with like, you know, Salem and witches and stuff like that. Dark elder gods and stuff. So walk around getting like little flavor pieces and flavor collectibles throughout uh and solving some very, very rudimentary puzzles. 
the problem with that is that like the game feels kind of bloated. It didn't doesn't feel like it really needs too much of this stuff. If like like I'm like almost fifty hours in, and I just reached Act Two. I don't know how many acts there are in the game, but like just because there's so much to just like go and do in between combat encounters and uh, progressing the story, you can't just like beeline the story every story it feels like every story mission that you beat you have to do like a general mission before you can go back to the story so like it's it's just been going like longer than i would have liked i'm not entirely happy that i'm spending this much time with the game because i feel like there's a lot of busy work around it it reminds me a lot of fire emblem three houses that way uh where there's just like too much to do in between uh, like the core game of it and if it was like more just like the interacting with the heroes part I'd be fine with that but like I'm the kind of person who really doesn't like it when they feel like they are missing stuff in game so like oh you know I see there's you know the some chests that respawn I'm gonna go over there and grab those and I will say this the fast travel in the game is actually instant uh, which is nice it kicks up the fans on my PC really loud, but it is instant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, speaking of fans, I, I, I took my headphones off the other day. And I'm like, what's making that noise? And then it's like, oh, it's the switch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Portable system. It can get loud if it wants to. Yeah. <laughs> and Tears of the Kingdom, that, that, yeah, it's uh, putting the fan into overdrive at points. Mm-hmm. especially i don't know if it uh helps that it's a uh, launch switch as well ah yeah so uh i guess the last thing i want to talk about with this is uh the dlc uh so there's four dlc characters um there's deadpool venom storm and morbius who i am so well three out of four ain't bad yeah i'm i'm so <laughs> curious as to like what when the design doc for the DLC was like finalized for this game and how much the release of the Sony Pictures masterpiece Morbius influenced that <laughs> because like Morbius is because the DLC um, it revolves around a large side story involving vampires so it makes sense for Morbius to be there but like chicken and egg situation which came first <laughs> Did this storyline come first? Or, and it's just a coincidence that the movie came out or whatever? Like, what, what happened here? I'd really loved, I, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall for those meetings. Yeah. Well, I think also uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 had a Morbius Focus DLC. And I think that might have predated the movie, but the movie was also on the horizon. Hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, the DLC characters, um, they tie into this side story, but they did actually do a really nice thing where the DLC characters have contextual voice lines for the story beats in the main story, uh, which is really nice. So it doesn't feel like they're just like slapped on kind of after the fact. Uh, they actually feel like they sort of belong there despite not being in any of the main story cutscenes. <laughs> But, you know, what are you going to do about that, really? Yeah. And also, uh, Storm rules. Storm is really fun to use. Uh, her abilities rely on... If you have them in your hand for a full turn, they get more powerful. 
So, oh. so you're kind of like, okay, well, I I got you know a couple storm cards. I'm just gonna hold on to for now and try and get the job done with my other characters. So that next turn I can unleash more powerful abilities. So there's a lot of interesting um, mechanics that they've that they've put into play here, um, which is nice. Like this, the the gigantic rise over the last few years of digital card games have given a lot of interesting mechanics uh related to that because like something like that you can't do that in a physical card game you can't say oh i i i have held on to this hint piece of hidden information for two turns as far as you know <laughs> so it is, it's just this powerful like you just can't do that in a physical card game yeah with like, unless you have like an official standing behind each player the entire match yeah, there's there's actually an interesting interaction in Magic, um, where where you actually to to use the cards you need to call a judge, because it is like that kind of effect where it uses two old cards where they clearly weren't thinking about this <laughs> as much. Um, where one card is uh, you like draw a you draw additional cards during your draw step or whatever, and then you put. Uh, some number of cards that you've drawn this turn specifically uh, back on top of your deck or you pay life to keep them but there's a card that you can use to just like you know draw three cards and put two on top of your deck if you play that during your upkeep now just like who knows which cards you drew which cards you put back and then which cards you drew again yeah it just gets it just gets like a ridiculously bad hidden information game where like you need somebody else to verify okay this person is playing this legitimately and both of those cards are quite powerful so like in the older formats that interaction might actually come up so i i'm gonna keep playing this game i'm gonna finish it at this point but i have no idea when that'll be <laughs> i have no <laughs> idea when 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 it'll, it'll be done and i know there's a couple care there's at least two no, not at least. I know there's two characters I haven't gotten yet because um, I got spoiled because because I bought the uh, version that came with all the DLC. It also came with um, additional costumes for some of the characters. Uh, so, and you got some costumes for characters you don't have yet. Exactly. So it's like, oh, okay. So this this character that is an that is an enemy right now. I'm get I'm getting them later. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. And. Yeah, who knows how close you are to the end when, as you said, you're only you only just got to Act Two. Yeah, and it seems like every story mission you're not actually accomplishing anything. Like you're not actually getting any headway against the main villain. It's like, oh, you go into the story mission and you try to, you know, complete this objective, but oh no, it's a trap, and the enemy is more powerful now than they were when they started. It's like, okay, well. Eventually, that's that balance is going to tip, right? <laughs> I guess that's when I start on re- recruiting the the other two characters I don't have yet. I don't know, but it's. I'd say I'd recommend it if I'd, re- I'd recommend it for sure if you're into superhero games. I think the game does a really good job uh, if you keep it on maybe some of the earlier difficulties of uh, presenting a a really nice uh, set of gameplay rules. Uh, and the way things interact is quite uh it ma- it makes a lot of sense it it's it's nothing's like really like esoteric and complicated so 
you know, I, I'd say if you're into if you're into superheroes, I'd I'd give it a shot. If you're into uh, like you know, card based role playing games, like it's a pretty good one of those. But if you're not into your the like superheroes at all, I, I'd say give it a pass because <laughs> yeah. a large a large part of the game is like you know interacting with these heroes and just seeing a bunch of cutscenes and stuff like that. If you want a more like mechanically streamlined game, play something else. Yeah, uh, one thing I I saw yesterday you put put like the biggest brain opening move for in a chess game between Tony Stark and Doctor Strange and yep. that was and it was the double bong cloud. Yeah. The best opening in chess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so th- th- there's, you know, l- little things like that in the background and stuff uh that that are, that are quite funny. Like the this was a game with a budget, I'll say that much, which is might be why it feels so bloated, but they they put a lot of attention to detail. Except for facial hair. I I was really surprised. I, I don't know why hair like facial hair in particular still looks terrible in video games. Yeah, like it it can look good, but a lot of the time it just it just looks like it's just been placed on there. Yeah, it, it, they look like Tony Stark looks like he's wearing a fake mustache in this game, but his like <laughs> head hair looks fine. I don't understand why one is so easy but the other is so difficult. Uh, I, okay, I won't I won't say hair top of head hair is easy but oh yeah no. it, it's gotten to the point where hair looks pretty good in video games now like people can actually have long hair and it look fine <laughs> instead of either be just like a solid brick or a physics nightmare yeah like it doesn't look like you're wearing a lego hair piece yeah <laughs> that's a good way of putting it <laughs> okay so that's is that all we played uh, I believe so. Okay. Um, now something uh, I'm going to be playing, you, you might be playing, uh, Street Fighter VI. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- yeah, th- this is uh, old news at this point, but there's a couple things I want to go over. Um, they confirmed that they're, that you can play online with your custom character. Okay. But only against other people's custom characters. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, and um, the crazy thing is the proportion, like, because the character creator in this is absolutely nutty. <laughs> but your character's proportions actually have an effect on the moves in your hitboxes. Yeah, that's so, so crazy. So it's not like Soul Calibur where you're just making a character and oh, they just they've got all the same hitboxes as uh, the character whose moveset you chose. Mm-hmm. Um. But it also allows you to mix and match the moves of other char- of the uh, actual characters. So, like, for example, I s- saw there's uh, the new character, Kimberly. She has a teleport, I believe. And so you can do- have your character do the teleport into, like, Geef's SPD. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> So there's going to be some crazy stuff there. Like or, like even just creating like a cosplay character that just like looks like a character has all their moves but then you just have like one hidden thing in there they won't expect. <laughs> yeah. Uh is oh god, is Dalsim in the game? Uh yes. Oh my god. <laughs> the horrors that will show up when just created characters using elastic limbs. Ooh, 
I hope they have some very good uh, model uh, like deformation tech to make that work. <laughs> I am expecting model stretching. to see a, a good amount of monkey D Luffy's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. <laughs> One of the few uh, games where you can probably do that uh, legitimately. Yep. <laughs> Um, they also confirmed all four characters in season one. Yeah. Which, I mean, they might as well have because, like, over a year ago at this point, there was that leak that leaked the entire roster and the first season. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Street Fighter and roster leaks are no, no uh, are old hat at this point. Yeah. So you've got Rashid coming in summer, uh, Aki in the fall, who's a new character. Ed in the winter and Akuma in spring next year. Yeah, gotta get Akuma in there. Um, but you'll have to wait for him. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's too he's too busy bowling in Tekken. <laughs> um, they've also got uh character battle damage in the game, which you can actually turn off if you don't want to see your character getting damaged at the end. Okay, that's good. Um. And there's even, like, you've got all these wacky game modes you can play, but there's also even, uh, you can do KOF-style team battles. Yeah, that's, that's interesting that they put in there. That's kind of cool. Um, and then I guess the last big thing, uh, so after the first beta, uh, people cracked it. Yeah. So there were people who were, pra who continued to practice, continue playing, um, but they ended up putting out a statement, um, and they didn't make it retroactive. They just said anyone shown or caught playing the cracked beta from this point forward will be ineligible for the Capcom Pro Tour and Street Fighter League seasons, mm -hmm. which basically means you're not eligible for the million. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it for Street Fighter Six. That's less than a week away at this point, at the time of this recording. Yes. Uh, Next I'm looking Friday. forward to I'm looking forward to hopping on that Thursday night when mm -hmm. it uh, unlocks on Steam. Yeah, we're gonna have to get together that uh, weekend to do June's mediocre monthlies uh, <laughs> in Street Fighter for sure. May have to be a two-parter. Perhaps, yeah. <laughs> We we might have to do an episode dedicated just to the wacky game modes. <laughs> yeah. Check some of those out. Um, but the only other thing I wanted to talk about here is this it's a bit of a weird piece of gaming news. Uh if you have an IKEA computer chair, it might be affecting your setup. I have an IKEA well office chair. Does it have a mesh back? Yes. Okay, so... Are you about to tell uh, me that the mesh back is bad? Because the mesh back is the only thing preventing horrible back sweats during the summer we're going to be going into. Is it the Ikea Marcus? You know what? Your chair, from what I can see, looks like the one in the picture. <laughs> um, so there have been reports of uh, when some people stand up or sit down from this chair their monitor goes blank. Okay, well, I... Okay, well, I haven't had that problem, but... <laughs> um, so, apparent, Like, uh, the person who was having this issue even 
swapped out their chair to something else and stopped having the problem. And then when they switched back, it continued. Uh, yeah, it seems to be a problem with uh, static buildup. So uh, the person who was reporting on this ended up ground having to ground their chair. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I will confirm that I do have the IKEA Marcus. Um, I have it on top of a. Uh... <laughs> if it's static, then I, I I'm really I'm really like doing badly because I have it on top of a rug. <laughs> So I can move it around without it being too loud. But, but yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, that that's a that's just a weird little piece of uh, news I wanted to bring up. All right, so can we use the IKEA Marcus to recreate the one in a billion, uh, like weird space <laughs> radiation, whatever that thing was for the <laughs> Super Mario speedrun? <laughs> the 64 oh, speedrun. Um, uh, just the the random bit flip. Yeah in uh just yeah <laughs> I, I i don't know uh but yeah no it seems to be just making monitors go blank temporarily when you sometimes sit up sit sit down or stand up from the chair okay <laughs> so it's a weird problem um and, and I, I i'm getting this article from uh tom's hardware <laughs> okay that's you know all right that's so it, 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 not, it, it, that's it, not it, something that's not that's it's not a hard drive article which is what no, i'd expect no. it to be <laughs> given that jesus yeah it's a it's, it's a weird one mm -hmm. all right so that's that's the podcast for this time iteration considering we don't put these out regularly <laughs> uh if you enjoyed us talking about games, be sure to leave a comment if you're watching this on YouTube or send us an email at three levels deep at three levels deep at outlook.com and we can you know discuss you know user feedback and user opinions on the air if we ever get any uh, <laughs> and uh also you know if whether you're on the youtube channel or not check out uh what we've been putting out because as we mentioned we're put, we've been putting out a let's play of cursed halo again and that's been yep. a that's been a treat uh, for sure and and we recently had our uh, mediocre monthly of uh king of fighters 2002 unlimited match go yep. up that was, that's a lot that was a lot of characters that we played yep. there um a lot of kios yeah uh and yeah we've got got a couple tier lists in the bank i'm not gonna spoil here but so you're just gonna have to you know subscribe to the youtube channel and see when they uh show up one of them is I'm looking at something in Matt's background right now that it relates to. <laughs> ah, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Check us out and have yourself a safe and sane summer. Keep cool. Keep cool.